This is a story of Peter, post-resurrection, encountering Jesus. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, said to Peter, follow me. Actually, I just as I was reading through, I forgot it's Valentine's Day today, and sort of asking, do you love me? I won't ask if anybody who's kind of in married relationship, you know, how that's going. But that's a separate sermon you're not going to hear this morning. It hadn't really struck me until I was going through that this morning. I kind of don't need to reiterate, really, in many ways. And actually, I would say this even if we weren't in COVID. But, you know, when actually I chat to people, I find people, it is a harsh, harsh world we live in. I wonder whether you agree with that, whether it's harsh, and whether we live in a difficult world, or do you think maybe I'm overstating it? 
when it depends where you look. There are huge parts of the globe, huge parts of the world that live in poverty, where war is, an, is a daily occurrence, where people live in fear of being abused or being raped, where violence is a constant neighbour in the world, where actually there are lots of reasons to mistrust. There are lots of very good reasons to mistrust irrespective of the situation of COVID. You say, well, yes, that's over there, but even in beautiful Bath, where many would think, you know, we must have the ideal life living in a beautiful city like this, mustn't we? There seem to be so many reasons to mistrust. Why? Because human beings fail. We all fail. The people around us fail at some time or another. People fail. The world is not perfect. And from a very early age, we experience the shortcomings of the people, our parents, our families, our neighbours, our schools, our students, that it's not a perfect world we live in. And surprisingly, it seems to leave an indelible mark that some of us struggle to get beyond. One of the things one writer said is simply this, living with mistrust all the time is exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. However, all of us, all of us are longing for love and for trust. So let's pray as we gather this morning and look at this passage in John 21. Loving God, we just pray this morning Would you soften my heart, soften our heart in this hardest of times? Would you change us? Would you get beneath the surface of our lives and renew us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Spoken on this amazing passage before, but I just briefly want to go through a few things from here. John 21 is one of the great passages of the New Testament. It's full of hope, full of healing, full of restoration, full of rebuilding. Remember, the context for this is Jesus' disciples had completely failed him, had abandoned him, betrayed Jesus at his greatest time of need. But the question is, will that define them? Will they remain that sense of friends who are untrustworthy and untrusted by both others, but also by God? Peter, especially, had been full of big talk. You know, in his own head and his own heart, Peter had resolved that he was a man of integrity and a man of courage. But actually, at the very moment of crisis... Peter was shown to be a coward as the cock crowed three times. Someone who would rather save his own skin as someone with no integrity at all rather than do what's right or what's true. He was someone who was untrustworthy. Therefore, you would sense that Peter is doomed to lead a ruined, haunted life on one level if you look at this. But Jesus, in this extraordinary passage goes about healing and restoring Peter. See, with Jesus, defeat, failure, disappointment are not 
the last word. Healing and rebuilding are. Throughout this passage, you'll see that if you look at it closely and study it, Jesus is taking the initiative throughout this passage with Peter, calling Peter back to himself. Jesus wants Peter to be restored. He speaks to him. He advises him. He prepares breakfast for him on the beach. Sorry, I haven't prepared breakfast for you this morning on Valentine's Day, Joe. I haven't managed to do that yet. Do all those things. Drawing Peter back. So this morning, I wonder, being honest for a minute, if you think you're beyond God's reach, that somehow God might have given up on you, whether it's because your age, your stage, stuff you've done in your life, you have a sense of just feeling unworthy of God or unused by God. You've just done too many bad things. Take heart. Jesus is calling you back this morning. And he's longing to draw you back whether you're eight or whether you're 80. So how can trust be rebuilt? On the one hand, these verses are incredibly tender as you see some of the pictures in this passage of Jesus and Peter. But also they are a little bit brutal as well. As Jesus was one writer puts it, takes a surgeon's knife for the disease at the heart of Peter. So three quick things about rebuilding trust straight from this passage. Firstly, you have to be open. Jesus has made a fire on the beach for Peter and the disciples. And of course, Peter responds to Jesus' call. And Peter literally launches himself into the water once you realise it's Jesus on the beach. Obvious point to make is this. You won't find healing and rebuilding of trust and relationship unless you're open to move on and to move beyond that. Open to respond, to recognise, to take responsibility, to recognise your need, your failings, to open up and take the plunge and get to Jesus and face up to the reality of who you are and all you've done. Rebuilding starts when blame shifting ends. Restoring freedom starts when repentance starts. When repentance starts and recognizes them, just like surgery of any surgeon would say to you, it starts with opening up, literally opening up and bringing the disease into the light. So firstly, you have to be open. Secondly, you have to find the trouble spot. Surgeons get down to the root of the problem. And Jesus' simple three questions to Peter here. Peter, do you love me? Get to the heart of Peter's betrayal. Do you love me more than these, he says, in the first instances? Yes, Lord, Peter says. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Jesus is, is um, bringing to the surface, brutally exposing Peter's betrayal of him. Three times, Peter, you denied me. Three times. You chose others over me. And this morning, as we think about all our failures and the things we've done wrong and thinking, how do I get beyond those? 
We're not going to get beyond the power of those bad habits and those sins and those things that afflict us unless we bring those flaws and those, those habits and those sins into the light. To let God get underneath and out, get the sin out, get the darkness out, get the disease out. Where we recognize we want to play God. We want things our own way. Rather than choosing to hand things over to God. And thirdly, you've got to get the tumor out. And see, the best place here is Jesus. uh, Peter launches himself out of the boat and gets to Jesus' feet. Peter ties his outer garment around himself and he runs like a madman. He swims, he waves to get as close to Jesus as possible. Where you might expect he's waiting for kind of condemnation, but what does he find? He finds love, he finds forgiveness, and he finds acceptance. So what's the good news of Christianity? The determining factor in Christianity is not my life, my righteousness, but Christ's. It's not my past, but Christ's past. That the cross and resurrection of Jesus are sufficient and give us the deepest well of trust that we need for this life for us. Peter rises and he runs towards Jesus. Why? Why does he do that? Because he's finally even understood, even though I've failed Jesus, that I'm a sinner, I'm actually safe with Jesus. Because Jesus truly loves me. See, the message of the gospel brings hope for everyone. The gospel can do surgery on all our sin, anybody's sin, all our guilt and our shame. And it can completely clean it. Wipe it clean, take it out, clean it up through the blood of Jesus. Bringing new life, new heart, new perspective. So this morning, no matter what you've done, if you're still sat here this morning or you're at home this morning, knowing you're racked by a sense of guilt or a sense of weight of things, you need to remind me again that with God, it's safe to bring bring all your stuff the muck and the dirt, and bring it to the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus longs to heal us and to free us and to clean us. And if, like um, me, you know, we're only a couple of months into a new year, you've made great promises, like Peter, to God. He said, you know, I'm going to read my Bible really well this year. I'm going to really pray like I've never prayed before, or I'm going to really look after my neighbours and then we forget them, or I'm going to really, whatever it is you vowed to God that you're going to give to him, and actually you failed and you're two months in and you're feeling crushed again in a sense of disappointment. God wants to restore us. Come again before him. Come again before him. And come as you are. To complete the restoration and this amazing passage, I've only got a few minutes to talk about, Jesus recommissions Peter to continue Jesus' own work. I mean, it beggars belief in some ways. Tending the sheep of the great shepherd. Think about that. Jesus is entrusting his mission of all people to Peter. Follow me said Jesus.
follow me. And Peter obediently followed and followed what Jesus had called him to. And in a sense, that's all that Jesus ever asks of us. Will you follow me? Will you follow me, says Jesus, rather than all the other things you long to follow? Journey with me. Will you give your life to me today and keep following me day by day? I think I've used this illustration before, so apologies if you've heard it before. But Sir Edwin Landseer was one of the most famous big painters of, Victorian, of the Victorian era. He was best known for his depictions of natural settings and life in the Scottish Highlands. And one day he was visiting a family in, in Scotland in one of the large houses and one of the servants knocked over a pitcher of water and the water went onto the wall and caused a stain on the wall. And while the family he was staying with went out for the day, uh, Landseer remained behind and he got his charcoals and he incorporated the stain that was now on the wall into a beautiful drawing of a picture of a waterfall that was surrounded by trees and animals of a kind of a highland scene. Landseer used his skill and his ability to turn something that was a mess and was going to mar into something that was beautiful. And God longs to do the same with us this day. To take us as we are, to take the whole of our lives. And long to get at work like a master restorer, a master painter. And to, to uh, restore us and to renew us. To rebuild us. And of course, Peter is someone we all identify with. Flawed. Yet what we see in this encounter is that all our painful memories, all those senses of failure, all those difficulties can be brought to Jesus and we can be rebuilt. There really is, as a Christian, no reason to despair about your past. Your past does not define you. We can be forgiven. We can be restored. We can be rebuilt. Ashes can become beauty. And for us as a church, we long to be a church where people trust us to both to do all the things we're called to do, but also to, to trust God, to point them to the God who is trustworthy and true. So let me just pray as we bring things together. Let's just take a moment of quiet. I'm going to pray. I just want you to be still for a minute. If you're at home, just be still for a minute too. Come, Lord Jesus, I pray. Come, Lord Jesus, I pray. Would you minister your grace? You pour your spirit out to freshen us and renew us this day. So many of us in this season, are particularly frantic in trying to live well in this particularly difficult season. Thank you that you meet us where we are.
And there may be some um, this morning who have niggles. They have the stuff of the past that like beats them up all the time. And this morning, you just need to bring that again to the feet of Jesus and offer that to him and come in repentance and faith and turn to him. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me. And Father, I pray too for those who seem to feel like they're constantly waiting for bad news. A little bit like that image of uh, Joe's sister's dog just living completely anxious because of bad things that have happened. And I pray, Lord Jesus, this morning, would you fall afresh upon those people, whether at home or here this morning in the room? where the bad things have been done to them by other people particularly, continue to leave, their, leave a mark on their life that they feel completely captive by. Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh? Would you bring freedom again to their lives? Would you continue that process of pouring your love afresh out into their hearts by your Holy Spirit? Would you set them free from their past and the sins of others particularly who've, who've sought to um, bound them and to damage them? Bring the cross of Jesus and the power of the resurrection over these things. And would you set them free from those experiences that continue to cripple, in a way, some of their lives? Father, pray too for some in the work situation, people in work situations, and... um, and Just an image of... um, lots of daggers in someone's back. Um, It's like you've been stabbed in the back so many times, you've forgotten what it means to trust almost. Because it's like a war zone. And Father, I pray the peace of God, which passes all understanding on your life. And Father God, would you come and heal? Would you take out all those wounds and the the damage that's been done? And would you restore that person? Or a range of people. Would you set them free from the damage of other people? And would you place your protection around them from today? We pray the cross of Jesus and the cleansing of your blood over them. Would you restore them to live for you? I want to thank you this morning that there is a way back. There is a way back to you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for us, for laying it all down for us, so that we might have life. Thank you that you forgive us for the things we've done. Father, forgive me where I've lived with mistrust in my own family life and that plays out. Or in church and we've become defensive 
just waiting for things to fail rather than looking for your new life? Would you break the patterns of mistrust that sit over us and our church and over this city? And would you bring freedom again to live as your free people, dearly loved by you? In Jesus' name, amen.